Thanks to Indeed for sponsoring the Apple Bits XL. Indeed knows hiring needs to be cost-effective when you're running your own business. Start hiring now with a $75 sponsored job credit to upgrade your job post at Indeed.com slash AppleBits. Terms and conditions apply. Cost per application pricing not available for everyone. All right, everybody, let's get to the show. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the show. It's the Apple Bits XL. Brian Tong here, your host, doing the most for everything good and bad inside the world of Apple. Welcome, everybody. This is the last hours, the last details right before WWDC 23, which will be held on June 5th at 10 a.m. The keynote starts. I will be there. In fact, I'm recording this from Cupertino from my parents' house because I am from the Bay Area and I'm staying with them. But I'm also I also came out here to attend AWE 2023, spelled A W E, which is the largest AR VR mixed reality conference. So all the big name companies were there to show off what they're doing. And I'm going to tell you right now, they are excited about Apple coming into the space to give it a kind of a boost, a kick in the butt, and a whole lot more attention is going to be paid. To towards the VR space. And, you know, will it remains to be seen what Apple does, but I think as we're getting closer, people are people are perking their ears up and they're a little more interested in what's going to happen. It doesn't mean you're going to buy it, but come on, Apple's entering a new product, product category. This doesn't happen often and uh, they're not going to just enter it in kind of half-assing it, if you know what I mean. So we will talk about all of that. But first, just let's get to some orders of business. Hey, you want to be part of the show. You add so much texture and flavor to it. I want you to be a part of it. All you got to do is record a voice memo, whether you're on your phone, your tablet, your laptop, any platform. Send it in to applebitsshow at gmail.com. That's applebits with a Z, your name, where you're from, what you want to talk about. I want to hear your reactions to the headset, to the software, to the price, to the features. But I also want you to keep it around a minute 30 to two minutes. So just kind of stick on one topic. I'll put you on the show, but I think we're going to get a lot of good stuff from that. So send it in, record record the voice memo, applebitsshow at gmail.com. Also, this show is brought to you by you, Patreon.com slash Brian Tong is how you support my content. It's how you support this podcast. It starts at $2 per month, $5, which is like a cup of coffee per month, if that's the value that I give you. We got the 10, the 25, and the $100 platinum Apple level. What does it get you? Early access to my content, rewards at different levels, and a completely ad-free version of the show. No ads whatsoever. You'll never hear this again. Patreon.com slash Brian Tong. Thank you so much for all your support. And I wanted to get through all that because we got a whole lot to talk about. All right, so a report from the information just dropped maybe, I I believe, like a couple days ago, and this is the first time we've gotten even more in-depth details than we've ever heard about the Apple VR headset, the Apple Reality Pro. And the reason why I'm really leaning on them as a strong source is because the information is a paid-for access website. They come from a history of you know, journalistic standards and integrity. And so some people are like, oh, this is, why are you talking about this? When the information puts out an article, they're they're not just haphazardly throwing stuff or recycling stuff out. And up until this point, Mark Gurman has been the definitive source for all of the WWDC rumors. I would say ninety percent of the headset reports, and um, he's he's a dude that we've had on the show multiple times because his, his word is pretty pretty dang solid so let's get to this report from the information and i think there's gonna be a lot of things that can be very interesting to you but the big takeaway from it is that this design from apple for their headset 
is such a unique and more unusual design that it has led to production challenges that have been unprecedented for Apple from a challenge standpoint to manufacture. So the headset reportedly features what they describe as an unconventional curved design, thinness, and ultra light weight. So what staff and renders seen by the information say is that think of it as basically a piece of curved glass, almost like a flat ski goggle, a thinner ski goggle with edges wrapped in that smooth aluminum Apple type metal frame that appears to be slightly thicker than an iPhone. Okay. This thin profile also requires users who wear glasses to buy prescription lenses that they can magnetically clip into the headset because it is so low profile. But again, it's also kind of curved to wrap around your head. I would say, I know it sounds wild, but think of Ready Player One and what you saw there. And maybe Apple, you know, taking some design cues and inspiration from that movie to make a headset that is thin and lighter than anything we've seen. Yes, there will still be a battery pack. But when we talked with Gil, when I talked with Mark Gurman, you know, I really threw it out there. What is one of the biggest challenges of VR is the ease and the comfortability. It is so on Apple to put a battery pack on a headset, but if it makes it super light, it can be super thin. It can be super comfortable. And then we talk about the fidelity of the, uh, you know, visuals inside being at a high caliber. I'm not saying it's worth $3,000 for everybody, but I'm saying it becomes pretty intriguing. Now, Apple in this report, they had to develop a first of its kind bent motherboard to fit inside the headset's curved outer shell. Carbon fiber is going to be used inside this headset to help uh, with the structure, to help reinforce it without adding any additional weight. There's also going to be a small dial located above on the top side, above the right eye that allows users to transition between augmented and virtual reality. So think of it as like the, um, you know, the dial from on AirPods Max, the digital crown on an Apple Watch, that kind of feel and dial will be there on top of the left eye there will be the power button and then you'll have a round connector that looks similar to like uh, an apple watch charger that is i guess attached to the left temple of this headset and that runs down and connects to this rumored battery pack that you'll either put on your waist or on your belt or maybe in your pocket um the headset itself reportedly will be made of this like soft material, right? A fabric type material. And then it's attached to two short hard temples, which have the left and right speakers. So a lot of uh, virtual reality, augmented reality headsets, you'll have those speakers built in either like to the front of the headset, but these are going to be on the side, uh, similar to what some kind of like sunglasses that play audio have done before. There's a soft removable cover that attaches the back of the headset. And when we say the back of the headset, that's the kind of the border or the edge that goes against your face um, to make it more comfortable. And then Apple, it has not been confirmed, but there's been a lot of reports about Apple adding some sort of eye tracking cameras. They may have, but this report says that they've debated adding additional eye tracking cameras um, or further adjustments to their lenses just so that it can accommodate and work with more different face shapes. But that has not been confirmed yet. Now, The report goes on. There's so much in here that Apple's industrial design team reportedly pushed for the front of the headset to be made of a really thin 
uh, thin like glass material and it curved. So that requires more than a dozen cameras and sensors to be basically hidden and concealed for aesthetic reasons. So a lot of times you see some of these headsets and you see all these cameras and circles and dots. Apple is hiding it within the glass so that you can't see it. So it looks really smooth, right? Obviously, you know that Apple is going to be given some like hardcore design attention to this. They've apparently also had some concerns because the glass itself um, could potentially warp the images captured by the cameras, but also the material itself is so much thinner um, that it's more prone to an uh, to shattering more often than an iPhone screen due to this kind of curved shape. The integrity obviously is not going to be as solid as just a flat screen. So internally, the reports are that there's been some worries about maybe, you know, if the glass breaks, that the headset could injure users. I don't feel like anyone's going to be crashing down face first with this anytime soon but i also find it weird how in a lot of the comment sections of my videos there's like this portion of the audience that talks about i'll never wear these outside um in daily life and i don't think that these that's the purpose of these at all um i don't know if these are people that have never really used ar vr glasses because i've only used them at home i would never take them out anywhere i wouldn't even walk around with a quest and so i just find it interesting that there's a, a group of vocal people that complain about i'm never going to wear this outside and i'm like i don't think these are really trying to be made sure you could take them outside but that's not their main purpose that at least that's from what i can tell um the design is also to said to be really the primary driver between this three thousand dollar rumored retail price assembly workers have struggled to kind of get the tool get the tools and install the proper components at awkward angles because of this rounded type shape everything is densely packed we talked about this first of its kind bent motherboard from apple so that has made it hard to manufacture this and the estimates is that maybe there'll be roughly around 200 to 300,000 headsets made this year and that's also due to the components and the displays being so high end with their small size and pixel density um apple themselves has struggled to build this prototype headset and multiple ones due to its complicated design. The report talks about in an earlier stage in its development that Apple was making 100 headsets a day, but only 20 units were up to their standards. Um, in mid-April, which was very recent, right? Just about, what now? A month and a half ago? The headset underwent design validation testing where that's kind of like the final phase where it's ready to say, okay, we're ready to manufacture this on a mass scale. Um, but they pushed it all the way to mid-April, which is typically unusual to make tweaks that late. But that was specifically to make it easier to manufacture the headset with better reliability and more successful you know, end products that pass Apple standards. Now, while the mass production has not yet begun yet, um, the suppliers and the manufacturers and the factories are expected to be fully staffed by July. And we have heard rumblings about this product coming out sometime late fall or even towards the end of the year. But Apple's going to show it off here at WWDC. I mean, there's no doubt they're doing it. They've invited people from the VR community that cover the space online media as well. That is specifically, you know, AR VR stuff. Um, this is going to happen, and also we've talked about it, even when they talked about this potentially releasing last year, that the best place to do it would be to show it off to developers, then get developer buy-in, get developer support, and then release the headset later when they can launch with a lot of different experiences and apps and just build that energy and excitement around it. So I think that's a great thing. You know, I like told you I was at this AWE conference 
and I talk to every company that I talk to, you know, I don't ask them, are you worried about Apple? I'm like, what do you think about Apple? And they're all excited about it. People from Snapdragon to Xreal to Meta, um, there's, uh, there's so many other companies that were there, uh, Tilt 5, everyone wants Apple to be in this market because it just brings so much more attention to the space. Then you have the more general consumer start getting curious about the space and looking at what other options there are and whether technologies are there. Obviously, the price is the biggest concern, but the entire industry is happy for this. And I, I feel like they they want a new shot, kind of a new juice boost to get more attention here. Now, I talked about developers here. And there's been a lot of little things happening kind of on the fringe. And so one thing is very popular game, like an action adventure survival game, No Man's Sky. That was just recently now made available for the Mac on Steam. And then the studio that makes it Hello Games basically teased that there is another surprise coming in the near future. Co-founder Sean Murray put that out there like, hey guys, wink, wink, we've got something else. I think it was about a week ago. He also put out a tweet that had two apples and everyone's like, oh my gosh, what's going on here? So clearly No Man's Sky has been working on the Apple platform. If it's ready for the Mac, they could definitely get it over to the Apple headset and uh, we'll see if they become one of the launch partners. You also have one of the co-creators, founders from uh, Beat Games, which is known for one of my favorite games, Beat Saber. Yaroslav Beck, he also posted... June 5th is going to be popcorn emoji, sunglasses emoji. And everyone's like, okay, Beat Saber, No Man's Sky. These are two killer, like top tier VR games. And again, you got to remember, if you've been in the VR world, you know these games. But a majority of users, consumer and even tech users, people that are tech savvy, have never played these games. So, And these are, you know, the bangers. And they're, if they launch on Apple's platform. And if Apple's really selective about what they put out there, that's going to be good as well. Another little nugget that I had seen online that no one was really talking about is um, Industrial Light and Magic has a VR studio or a VR wing, and it's been called ILM X-Lab. They're responsible for the games that you might have played or the experiences. You had a Star Wars, Tales from the Galaxy's Edge. You had Vader Immortal, that three-part series that was like you taking on Vader right? Those two properties were from ILM XLab. Well, what do you know? A few days before WWDC, all of a sudden ILM XLab rebrands themselves to ILM Immersive. You think that's a coinkydink? That's no coincidence. I got to imagine that has something to do with maybe, maybe we're going to get some cool ass Mandalorian experience just for Apple's headset. I mean, we need to see more exclusive top tier experiences just to kind of feed us and be like, yeah, yeah. So that's exciting, real low key under the radar, but that happened as well. And you're just like, what is going on? I think for me, someone who's a tabletop gamer and what tabletop games, you know, we're talking about card games, like, um, you know, or something like Settlers of Catan. I think if there is a killer app that the Apple headset could support, it would be Settlers of Catan. One of the greatest selling games of all time. I mean, it is arguably like the GOAT board game. Greatest of all time for those of you that don't know. <laughs> GOAT. Mah. If Apple could lock them down because that that game is on platforms like the iPad, on PSVR 2, on Oculus Quest, get Settlers of Catan on the Apple headset. 
that would be a killer app and i would i'd be playing that thing damn hard so those are kind of some nuggets of things happening around the apple headset world according to reports and mark german that at wwdc apple will have a hands-on demo of the new ar vr headset and coincidentally i happen to have been invited to the the, uh, keynote wwdc event and I'm fired up. I want to see this thing. Again, I'm just excited about the new technology. I'm not saying that. I'm not trying to hype you all up to say, go buy it, go buy it, go get it. I just wholeheartedly can't recommend anyone buying any VR headset for $3,000, but I can find the user that it makes sense for, you know, it's still in it as a consumer. That's intimidating. And also, look, Apple comes out full force with this. We know that there will eventually be a more affordable version, and that's the one that is going to really take off. But Apple's got to be in this space. I mean, if you think about it, they've been, from all reports, they've been involved in this for somewhere around eight to 10 years. And so we're, this is one of those things where we're going to see what Apple's showing us after they've been in the lab for 10, eight to 10 years. That's kind of crazy, right? And so this is their, again, I'm not saying VR's future. This is the step to get us to those super slim, super skinny, augmented reality glass that everyone really is dreaming of. We're still five plus 10, maybe 10 years away from something like that. But this helps move the needle if this thing is as super thin and as uh, curved and as sleek as it is, this would be arguably the best ID industrial design in a virtual reality headset that we've ever seen. If it is comes close to what these, you know, dream renders are really, really cool. So, um, who knows if I'll be on that list to get a demo because sometimes you're invited to an event and then you don't get to see everything because they can only um, serve so many people. But I'm hoping, I'm hoping that they'll, uh, you know, they'll have it. Supposedly Apple's built a new structure at the Apple Park campus um, somewhere near or where the basketball courts at Apple Park is. I know where that is. Uh, I've been on campus. It's it's a pretty open area. So demonstrations will be given to members of the media. Some developers will also see it at the event, but it's also going to be used for hands-on experiences throughout the summer. And Apple might invite developers or media on an ongoing basis as things get ramped up. Um, there's also going to be a hands-on area in the Steve Jobs Theater for some of the hardware demonstrations after the keynote, uh, showing things maybe like their whole FaceTime VR Apple TV Plus content and games. Woo! It's I'm going to tell you right now. It's going to be an exciting event. I'm I I when you're when you're going to be a part of a Apple product launch, it's going to be exciting. But guess what? I can keep my cool and I can still be like, "Okay, well does this actually make sense for us?" It makes sense for some people. Now, the latest report according to Morgan Stanley is that Apple's headset will enter mass production in October and launch by December. Of course, we're expecting it to be unveiled in a couple days. And this is where Apple's going to get developers the tools to create apps for the device. But at least right now, we're still looking at maybe, I guess this report says, the supply chain is preparing to assemble about 300 to 500,000 headsets with the starting price point around $3,000. And the gross margins are expected to be close to break even at first, suggesting that Apple is going to make a pretty minimal profit on the device. So would they, would they do 2,500? There's something about that $3,000 number that's like, Ugh. but I'm not, I'm not saying Apple's going to give us a deal. I'm just saying, would they? 
would they drop it like that? We'll we'll find out. All right. Big thanks to our sponsor, Indeed, for supporting the podcast. Hey, what's a game where no one wins? It's the waiting game. And when it comes to hiring, don't wait for great talent to find you. Find them first with Indeed, because when you're hiring, you need Indeed. Indeed makes hiring in one place so easy. Even right from the main page, you just type in the type of jobs you're looking for in the search bar, and then a list instantly shows up for jobs in your area. Now let's talk about Indeed's hiring platform that is second to none. Candidates you invite to apply are three times more likely to apply to your job than candidates who only see it in search according to US Indeed data. It gets you one step closer to the hire by immediately matching you with quality candidates. Indeed does all the hard work for you. Indeed shows you candidates whose resumes on Indeed fit your description immediately after you post so you can hire fast and Indeed's hiring platform matches you with quality candidates instantly. And even better, Indeed's the only job site where you only pay for applications that meet your must-have requirements. Now, Indeed is an unbelievably powerful hiring platform delivering four times more hires than all other job sites combined, according to Talent Nest from 2019. So join more than 3 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. Start hiring now with a $75 sponsored job credit to upgrade your job post at Indeed.com slash AppleBits. Offer good for a limited time. Again, claim your $75 credit now at Indeed.com slash AppleBits. Indeed.com slash AppleBits. Terms and conditions apply. Need a hire? You need Indeed. Okay, let's get back to, you know, the influence of Apple getting into this market. So I don't know if you saw this, but I think it was just, I guess, maybe four days before the keynote. Meta did something they just typically have never done. And Meta announced the Quest 3. I think it was started off with Mark Zuckerberg did it on his Instagram, which is their next generation mixed reality headset that will launch later this year. Now, again, they just put out this announcement and... (laughs) They're gonna. They said they're gonna plan to share more details about the Quest Three during its Meta Connect event in September of 27. They're like, oh my gosh, we need to get this out ASAP. It's a slimmer and lighter design. I think it's 40% slimmer. It reportedly will be more comfortable. It has a higher resolution display. They didn't give us the actual specs. Up to twice the graphics performance because they're using the latest, a new next gen Snapdragon XR chip with that has not been revealed and not been announced the specs for that chip yet. Uh, I even asked Snapdragon at the event and they just kind of did a little side smile. I'm like, well, currently it's the XR2, so I'm going to imagine there might be a 3 in there, at least for the name of it. Um, The headset will start at $499 with 128 gigs of storage and Meta will lower the starting price of the current Quest 2 back to $299 on June 4th. Uh, the Meta Quest itself looks similar to the Quest. It still has that kind of big round bubble front, but now it has like kind of three vertical big spaces that look like lenses. The hand controls look a little sleeker as well. You don't have that kind of, um, it's, yeah, they just look like a little more flat and a little bit more minimalistic. Everything looks a little smaller, a little cleaner. It still looks bulkier than what we reportedly will see from Apple. Um, again, we haven't seen what Apple's officially releasing, but Apple's headset, $3,000. Quest 3, $500. Mm. And Meta is, obviously, it's an all-in-one design. Apple's headset will probably have that external battery that attaches with the wire. That's going to be the most interesting thing to see how does it feel. But check out um, just the Meta Quest 3, search it, look it online, and you'll see what it looks like. But, you know, for a company to announce this and basically give you like three or four features, but say more details in September 27. 
that that is the power and the influence of Apple. And obviously, Meta has tried to establish this whole metaverse thing, and Apple could care less about the metaverse from what we've heard. And that that is Meta's biggest competition, and Meta has sold the most uh, VR headsets to this point here in the U.S. to the consumer. And uh, they're clearly they're worried if they're doing that. If they were fine with it, companies that are fine with it, they're like, whatever, do your thing. We're going to do ours, and we're going to let the consumer decide. Meta's worried, y'all. All right. Another cool thing, WWDC new developments. Initially, for the longest time, we heard like 15-inch MacBook Air with an M2. That's the hardware. And then Mark Gurman teased that um, there's going to be several new Macs coming to WWDC, which could be its longest keynote ever with all the stuff that they're packing. I mean, we're not even really talking about the operating systems anymore. We're talking more about the hardware and an all-new platform. It's going to be interesting to see how much time they spend time out. iOS 17, watchOS 10, tvOS 17, iPadOS 17, like what macOS 14, like where are they going to fit all this stuff? Well, the latest report is that Apple is testing two new desktop Macs equipped with an M2 Max chip and M2 Ultra chips, according to Mark Gurman. The M2 Max chip first came out in January when you had the launch of the 14-inch and 16-inch MacBook Pro models, but the Ultra chip, this would be all new and would succeed the M1 Ultra chip that Apple uses in the Mac Studio. And the thinking is that these two Macs that are being tested, the machines are labeled as Mac 1413 and Mac 1414 internally. These could be two new Mac Studios that we see at WWDC as well, alongside of the new M2 MacBook Air. Now, the first machine with an M2 Max chip, high eight performance cores, four efficiency cores, 30 core GPU, 96 gigs of RAM, basically the same specs as the chip inside the M2 Max version of the 16 inch MacBook Pro. The second machine is an M2 Ultra chip with a 24 core CPU, 16 high performance cores, eight efficiency cores, a 60 core GPU. Um, the Ultra could potentially feature up to a 76 core GPU. There's different configurations depending on, uh, you know, the RAM 64, 128, or 192. But Apple's testing these new Macs just ahead of WWDC. Garmin said he expects to see multiple Macs. And if multiple Macs is true, we might see new Mac Studios and the new 15-inch MacBook Air. Now, just to give you a refresher on the 15-inch MacBook Air that we expect to see, which literally has been probably the only machine that I needed my entire life until I became a full-time like creator that needed the most power possible in a portable, I actually still could be just fine with an M2 15-inch MacBook Air that's lighter weight, still has a lot of oomph, like you still have that crazy media engine in the M2, I'd still be fine. But a larger 15.5-inch display, similar design cues to the M um to the current 13 inch macbook air same colors which was like silver space gray the gold color and that kind of deep navy uh blue color i can't remember the actual name of it was it like midnight blue or something along those lines m2 chip longer battery life with the larger chassis to allow for a larger and longer battery wi-fi 6e bluetooth 5.3 same ports same sleek design 15 inches of glory I think that is going to be a hot machine. A hot machine. Also, here's some interesting things that have come out. Again, Mark Gurman is just dropping bombs. And 
We'll see how it all pans out, but he's really been at the front of this. He also reports that Apple may announce the drop of the, I'm not, I don't want to set up my devices, the, uh, yay, sort Siri trigger phase. Did that trigger anything? Okay. See, if I said out loud for you, it would trigger. So Apple may drop that full phrase and just transition over to saying Siri. So no more, hey, just the word Siri. And I talked about in my previous video, people are really overlooking this fact. If you saw what happened at Google I.O., the AI galore that actually helps consumers from a standpoint, whether it's composing emails, writing simple messages and responses, they even started this long ago with predictively knowing, oh, when you want to type in your address, the address that you've been putting in all the time, you put in like just subtle ways to get you comfortable with AI working with you to make things easier in the background. Apple doesn't have anything like that. And Siri has been Siri for years. And I don't even think they have time to showcase a new Siri. But if Apple doesn't show us anything in AI, I think it makes, and AI is not trendy. AI is here. It's now, it's not in its final polished form. Different companies are doing different things with it. But if Apple doesn't show us any AI hooks in iOS 17 and macOS or anywhere, you're gonna, it's going to feel like there's a larger gap because I could tell you at that Pixel event that I went to with Google just, I guess it was about a month ago. I can't remember. Time flies. You could see how, ooh, a lot of things are coming together where Google is building an ecosystem, the software, the hardware, and now all these AI advantages that can help general consumers. I'm not saying they're going to steal massive market share, but if they just take 5% of what Apple has that eventually moves over to Android because of all this AI stuff and a product line that looks great and has this just like nice feel to it and is an alternative to Apple, they can make some waves in the next five five years, honestly. So we'll see what happens at WWDC. I think everyone's going to be distracted, not distracted, but obviously paying attention to the headset. But are we going to see any type of AI stuff from Apple at all? You know, at their earnings call recently, Tim Cook alluded to the fact that AI still has a long way to go. We're evaluating. And I know that Apple takes their time on these things, but I don't think you can take your time on these things. In fact, a new report says that Apple is calling on experts with backgrounds in generative AI to work on their company's most advanced technologies, um, including augmented and virtual reality. These are according to new job listings in the postings. Now, for those of you that aren't familiar, generative... I can't even say it all the time. Generative AI is when you have a prompt, you say something like, oh, give me a picture of ponies in the sky and it'll instantly create you an image. Or Photoshop just recently released a beta that has generative AI in it where I can take a picture of myself and I can highlight an area and I can, I'll like, let's say around my face and say, "Put, give me sunglasses. And it takes about 30 seconds and it, Sometimes it works and sometimes it doesn't, but it'll throw on sunglasses on my face, give me a few options to go for. But this whole idea of generative AI allows us now to, for people that aren't really the most creative, to just type in an idea in a prompt box and it now creates something that we can use. And look, not everyone is creative. That's not a knock on you that aren't. And, you know, making a photo, fo- I've learned Photoshop for years. So I don't, I want, I guess. Okay, sure, I do create things, but someone without any Photoshop experience could now make like a unicorn on a cake f- swimming, uh, flying in space by just typing in those three words and it looks ridiculously good. Like high quality, pro quality, just by typing that in. That, that's the level that we're getting to. So Apple is now seeking 
generative AI engineers for their own AR VR applications. Pretty interesting. And we'll see we'll see what that leads to. But there was so much stuff at this awe conference that I absorbed. I saw Dolby talking about their platform to kind of bring a spatial audio Dolby Atmos experience with voice chat and being able to truly place people in virtual space around you. And I think this would be so huge for first person shooters to not, not just left and right channel, but really feel like, Hey, they're exactly behind me. They're just like a little bit in front of me off to the left and the front while other people are talking in their own positions. The demos they showed me were really cool. Um, There were companies that are in the business of taking 3d game assets and compressing them down really small storing them on their cloud servers and then having apps and games access those assets so they can be created and generated real time in a game. So for us, it's the internet that is delivering the stream of data and information from the cloud, but high end 3d rendered models. And that is happening right now, but it's going to happen more and more as this whole AR VR stuff gets built out. And guess what? Apple's kind of one of those sparks that is going to generate a lot of that movement. Um, right now so whoo it's crazy i don't know about y'all but it's gonna be wild so you know we're, we're expect to see a lot of other stuff at wwdc ios 17 watch os 10 i mean the reports of obviously this is kind of being revamped getting a new more widget based os that's a layer on top of your watch face and reports that they're doing specific things to take advantage of more of that larger real estate on an apple watch ultra that could be interesting for apple watch ultra users and I don't, my hunch is that they won't release a new, I I could be wrong here, but just seeing the sales and how many people actually have them like inside the tech world, everyone loves the ultra, but I still don't see that many people with an ultra. And I've got to imagine maybe Apple does like a color option this, this year, but I don't know if they really need to release a all new Apple watch ultra. Is the processor going to be that much better? Will the battery life savings be that much better? We'll see, but I'm excited more for software on the Apple Watch Ultra than anything else, and we'll see what more they can squeeze in there for us. I'm really curious. All right, everybody, so just to wrap things up, June 5th, Monday, 10 a.m. Pacific time, Apple's keynote, WWDC 2023. You can watch it stream live from Apple's website, from YouTube. I will not have any type of live stream on my channel because uh, guess what? Apple's inviting me to these things now. So I've got to go. I'm going to go. I do miss the live stream so much, but trust me, I'll have plenty of content from Apple HQ all around WWDC on my YouTube channel. Uh, I will... I'm lining up some guests, hopefully, so we can do some cool podcast stuff while I'm there as well. So just stay tuned. Thank you so much for following all my stuff. And thank you to our Platinum Apple supporters, Brandon Ledford, Gil Cabrera, Wesley Frader, Jarrett Lewis, Michael Gigliotti, Atari Koenigsegg, Glenn Canellis. Thank you all. And thank you to all of you who continue to support my content and allow me to do this. And again, whenever I get an Apple invite, it's because of you all. And so what do I do in return? I work my ass off when I'm there. And I'll give you the best that I can do and give you the goods from there because um, it's going to be special. Doesn't mean I'm going to buy it. I mean, will I buy it for review? Yeah, but like, actually, could I? Do you think that I'm crazy enough in our current economy to be like, you have to get this for $3,000? The person that says that out loud, ooh, that apple juice must be real good. Real good. 
All right, everybody. Hey, take care and be safe. We'll be back here. Same bad time, same bad channel. It's the Apple Bits XL, baby. Peace.